this is the education show unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration proudly brought to you by zabuza.net and once again it is the education show got a special guest for you today i've uh, been looking to a chat looking forward rather to chatting with her all the way from the freezing cold apparently uh port elizabeth it is jenna wade hello jenna hi david Great to have you along with us today. Um, so, Jenna, before we dive into, into what we're actually going to be chatting about, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who is Jenna? Where did you grow up? You know, the interesting bits. Okay, David. So, I'm born and bred in the Eastern Cape, and I went to Kingswood College. I matriculated there in 2003, and then I went on to study a Bachelor of Education, as soon as I finished, I hopped on an airplane and did the teaching in South Korea stint for two years, which were possibly two of the best years of my life. After that, the travel bug had definitely bitten and I found, my, I found myself in Hong Kong teaching for six years. Um, I went to the UAE for a year to teach and then landed up back in South Africa, back in my hometown to teach at a Woodridge Preparatory, um, which is just outside Port Elizabeth. Um, and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Okay. So traveling all around and, and, and teaching in different countries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did you come back here because you missed South Africa or was there a specific reason for coming back? Um, we came back basically because my son was, he was three, three and a half and definitely like an outdoor boy. Uh, and I felt like, we were contained in these tiny apartments in Hong Kong. As much as we loved it there, it just wasn't the lifestyle per se that we wanted for him. And a lot of, um, you know, the educational philosophy in a lot of the uh, local schools in Hong Kong is, you know, the kids start learning uh, to write when they're three years old. They bring suitcases home of homework. And that just kind of doesn't agree. That doesn't agree with anything that I stand for as a teacher for myself. So I didn't want that for him. So we moved home, obviously for family, um, but also just for that kind of lifestyle, playing sports after school, you know, being being home, I guess, and some bras as well. I think, you know, that was definitely a draw card to coming back and, and the good weather. Yeah, I would. Well, Port Elizabeth in good weather is not something you'd always think of in the same sort of uh, thought. But anyway, um, Jenna, how different is it, uh, for example, in Hong Kong? Because I know a lot of the Asian countries you hear that, uh, as you mentioned, they, they, they're sort of incredibly academic and academically focused and the hours and everything are crazy. Is it actually like that? So I was working in an international school, so it wasn't as... Um, as hectic as that, but definitely the local schools and the kids, they put so much pressure on themselves. Um, and, you know, it, it comes possibly from the parents as well, but they do, they study um, more. So when I was in South Korea, um, the kids go to school from, I just want to half past eight school starts for grade 10, 11 and 12. So I was teaching grade 10 to grade 12 over there. School starts and um, at half past eight, they stay at school, they have lunch at school, then school ends at half past four, but they come back for what's called nighttime study, which is compulsory. So they come back and they stay at school until half past nine at night, being watched by teachers that stay at school as well. So 
to me, <laughs> that was, I mean, there'd be times where I'd be going to bed because I didn't have to do the night study. And, you know, I just know that my students were still sitting in a classroom somewhere studying. So definitely the pressures on kids, yeah, they, I don't know if they can really be kids. Um, and I just think, yeah, that it's really totally different to, you know, to how we do things here. Okay, but... Yeah. As, as I understand it, having spoken to a number of educators from across the world, um, yeah, sure, we've got problems with our education system, but it's actually mm. not too bad uh, when you come down to it. And the, and the ideas, the, the, the direction that we're heading in seems to be a fairly good one. Absolutely. I think, especially with us also starting, I look at my son now, who's going into grade one next year, and we don't we don't drill them from three years old. This is how you hold a pencil. This is how you write A, B, C, D, um, you know, and, and drilling all those, they must learn to read when they're four years old. I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe that we, they've got this little bit of time to be a child. And then, you know, we start formal, well, formally educating in grade R, but, you know, for grade one. So definitely we've got things right there. If we look at Finland and, you know, and a lot of those countries, how they, their starting age for school. So yes, I definitely think, Get growing kids to what 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 would I want to say here? Be lifelong learners, and not by the time they get to matric, they're so overlearning. They've been at school for hours and hours for the entire life that it's just you know they don't even want to think about varsity. Whereas we've we've rather given them a whole diverse range of things that they can do and be at school, and then you know they they want to learn. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. Yeah, no, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of of lifelong learning and a big proponent of it as well because, um, you know, there's just so much joy. And I think if you, if the joy gets taken out of your learning, then I can totally understand why you wouldn't want to do it. But Jenna, it hasn't been enough for you just to uh, be a mom, be a teacher. Um, you teach. Uh, do you just teach grade sevens now? Yes, so I'm just, I teach uh, English to the grade sevens. I'm the English language teacher. And yes, so that's what I do. I also coach sport. Um, but yeah, my main, my main role here is being the English teacher in grade seven. So now aside from that, because, you know, we all know that teachers don't have a hard job. I mean, you guys start and you get all these holidays. We know this story, um, yeah. which, is, which is quite laughable because uh, I know how hard you guys really work. Um, but how on earth do you find time with, with between being a teacher, um, a mom, your other responsibilities? You still decided you needed to go out and do some research. Why and what research did you do? Okay, so I, I completed my honours um, a good few years ago, and I always knew that my end goal was to do my master's and then possibly one day do my PhD. So when we were in the UAE, school ended at two o'clock, which was which gave me quite a bit of time in the afternoon. And I thought, well, if I'm ever going to do my master's, I might as well do it now. I've got, I've got a bit of time on my hands, I, I thought at the stage. And so I, I, I started, started my master's in um, educational leadership. And then we found ourselves moving home, but I carried on studying. And ironically, the one thing that was keeping me going a lot of the time was picturing myself graduating and walking across that stage and ironically yeah we haven't had any graduations because of COVID so yeah anyway um so I decided to do my research we had to do um, a dissertation and having worked overseas in countries who've used a lot of um digital media or did you know digital platforms um I thought let me see how we are doing in South Africa with our digital literacy and our continued professional development for teachers and let's just see where we're at 
And yeah, my, as my findings, as we'll chat about my findings, we, we aren't doing so well in, in that area. So it's definitely something that we can, we can work on, you know, in, in South Africa. Okay. So, and it's, it's interesting that you say this because um, a little while ago, we had a, a couple of people that we spoke to over several episodes um, in terms of Microsoft and the Microsoft products for learning, et cetera, et cetera, and the access. And I wondered at the time, I mean, if you're, if you're kind of in a, you know, fairly well-to-do school, I would imagine that would be great. But uh, the vast majority of schools in our country, I think, um, are not that that well-equipped. So talk to me about, about this. You say that we're not doing so well. Where did you go out and, and, and do this research? Okay, so first of all, as you said, so I'm at a, a fantastic school where we were lucky enough, the minute COVID happened, lockdown um our management team sent us on Microsoft uh, training. So we had different sessions on how to use different platforms. But as you said, that's when the mind, my mind started going, what, what are other schools doing? What are our really, you know, our poorer schools? What are they, what are the teachers doing? So I reached out to a friend of mine who teaches at one of these schools. And she just said, she said, Jenna, we can't, we can't send work out on WhatsApp. She said, we've got a group. I've got a group of 52 kids of the 52 um, something like 12 of them are on the WhatsApp group. And of the 12, only four of them can download the work that you were sending through because of data constraints. So immediately I just thought, Yo, your hands are tied as an educator in these times. If there's no other way that you can reach your students, if there's no other platform that you can use. Um, so, so that's where the, the idea came from. So from there I went, I did my research um, at, at some schools in PE um, I want to say four of them were less, you know, um, what's the correct political term to use? I don't want to, poorer schools, if I can say that. Um, and yeah, it came out that teachers are not being trained. Um, the Wi-Fi at, at schools only works in some certain areas when they had all the staff in to try and get something on um, onto a computer. The computers weren't working. A lot of them didn't know how to use a computer correctly. Um, so this this was what came out of this yeah, of my study. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of scary, though, because when you think about it, we automatically all assumed when COVID hit and we were told everything needed to go online, um, a lot of us, myself included, had to get used to digital platforms, et cetera, et cetera. And we just assumed that the teachers would all know how to do this because they're teachers, after all. Um, and everything got put online. And now you're saying to me that uh, in those times, uh, some some teachers didn't have access to that kind of technology. Now, you went out, you did your research, it came back and said, okay, so, so what is your research findings? Okay, clearly you've already said um, some people are battling, but exactly what were your findings in terms of what were the biggest challenges for uh, some of these schools? Okay, so the first, the biggest finding was the lack of availability of continued professional development programs for teachers. So in order for teachers to be able to work online, they need to know, obviously, they need to be digitally savvy, per se. They don't have to be the, a whiz on a computer, but they need to know their way around certain platforms in order to, you know, to teach on, on a computer. Um, and from that came the reasons being uh, budget constraints. So one of the teachers said they've been pushing for technology, they've been pushing, and um, 
from the headmaster, they were just getting that we, this isn't a priority, this isn't a priority. So a lot of frustration when you've got people who want to change or who are on board for change, who are saying, please, let's let's do this. I'll, I'll run with this. I'll spearhead this project. Let's do some fundraising. And from the top down, it's saying this isn't a priority. Let's let's look at something else. This isn't a priority right now. Um, and then it was the lack of technological resources at school. And then just the pure lack of the CPD programs being offered by anyone. Um, in my entire research, <laughs> the, one of the questions I asked was, um, you know, what, if, what professional development have you had in digital literacy? And everybody kind of was almost like uh, nothing <laughs> or like a little giggle, like, yeah, no, none of that. So we aren't giving teachers the opportunity to upskill themselves in digital literacy. And with us going into the fourth industrial, well, we're in the fourth industrial, revolution this is the way education's going so we're getting left behind and and we need to we need to do something to to catch up now jenny it, it's all good and well i mean you you you've done this uh, this research I, it was in the pe area but i'm assuming um if if pe is feeling it and i know certain areas of pe are or the eastern cape are quite rural um mm -hmm. but the rest of the country must be battling just as much if not more um, I'm thinking in terms of some of the the the, the, the provinces that have a larger uh, percentage of disadvantaged uh, people that are there. So you've done the research. What happens then? I mean, now, now you've done it, and now it's 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 you've said okay, problem. But now what? So that's a good question, David. So yes, I've done it, um, and I I put my research findings in my uh, dissertation report. And we can also comment on recommendations that we can make. But unless I contact the Department of Ed Basic Education and, and try really spearhead some change, um, I'm not too sure what to do at this point with, with my findings. Um, I did try to get hold of the Department of Education, but um, they hadn't replied uh, to me as yet. So I think that would be something going forward, Like, but, but putting definite ideas together. So my... My ideas roughly to help with that were, let me just find them quickly, give me a second. Um, going forward. So my first recommendation was teachers need to be trained in using digital platforms to enhance their teaching. And the Department of Education should seek stakeholders and trainers who are able to assist in, in delivering quality CPD programs. The pro problem we find though with teachers are a lot of the time, and this came out in my research as well, um, people plan a, a professional development program on a Friday afternoon at two o'clock till five o'clock when, let's be honest, we are not receptive. We are tired from a long week. We've had two children that we've been, you know, really had, having some hassles with and contacting parents. And we've got our sport in the afternoon. We're doing our marking, our preparation, and it gets to two o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And the last thing you want to be doing is sitting, listening to somebody talk to you about something that perhaps doesn't interest you. So these are things to look at too. Can, can we prioritize time? Can we say this is a priority? We are now going to put it into our yearly plan or our four yearly planning that this is going to take preference. A day is going to be set aside. Teachers are now going to go and learn about about this. And in a way that's also interactive, not just standing and talking, you know, to somebody. They need to be doing it. Here are in the computer room, here are our laptops. Right, now we're going to do this. Everybody, let's do it together. You know, because something that also came out was that the older the teachers who have been teaching for longer 
can feel um, pressure from, from younger teachers who kind of just, oh, I know this, I can do this. And then they don't want to ask for help. And then, you know, we've got to deal with those things too, you know, the, 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 the social relationships as well, not putting anybody under unnecessary pressure, just teaching it in a way that, oh, okay, cool, that works. Oh, I can do this. It's not so difficult. So that was my, my first recommendation. Um, and my second recommendation was that the school management teams must also seek training themselves, possibly, to come back and then train teachers at their own school. So if you send two of your, you know, more tech savvy teachers off on some training with the Department of Education, they come back and they can feedback and say, okay, great, this is what we learned. These are the highlights. We're going to touch on this today which could also be better than, you know, having your whole staff go on training um, you know, also looking at budgetary constraints. So that, that was another option. And lastly, I just said there should be a push to enhance teacher skills. Um, and it's hard to do if these, in, um, if, if teachers don't have the tools that they need in order to do, use these skills. So that's looking at having a computer lab that's got, you know, technology that's up to date. Yes, you could have a computer lab with computers in it that are 20 years old. You know, can we run these plat digital platforms? No, we can't. We can't get onto Google. So those were my three main recommendations, possibly upgrading, um, you know, our, our technology in schools and then getting teachers on board as well for, for this training. Yeah, it is. It is a challenge, Jenna. And I mean, I've, as I said, I've spoken to quite a few people over the last uh, year or so with uh, with the education show. And uh, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, her name is Puti Rabupala. I think it's, I know it's Puti, I can't get her surname. But she's known as the techno granny, because she's run with some of these ideas and these technologies, and uh, is, is doing exceptionally well. The thing that uh, that I'm sort of from my perspective right now, though, is that we all thinking, and I think a lot of times in terms of schooling and the teachers and the and the and the governing bodies, et cetera, et cetera, they're all thinking COVID is temporary. Um, we're going to go back to normal, and that's not necessarily the case, as far as I'm concerned. Um, we all thought that come the end of uh, 2020. We'd, they'd open the doors, we'd all be free again, and life would carry on. Well, so far, we're halfway through 2021, and not much has changed. Um, and to all, with all the people that I know that are in the know that have been talking about this, COVID's going to be with us for a while. So it's going to be challenging for teachers as well. So online is the way to go. And when you were talking to me now and saying, you know, the, the need for training, um, my first thought was, well, there must be lots of online training and online platforms that you can that you could access. And then it struck me, your other point was they don't have access to that technology. Now, this is this uh, education show proudly brought to you by Zibuza.net. Um, now, Zibuza does a lot of, because that's how we got hold of you, Jenna, through Zibuza. Um, yes. And they do they do a lot of this this kind of thing, and they're great advocates, um, and they've got a great network there. Um, and I, I know Malcolm in your initial discussions, Malcolm uh, invited you to to join in and to join Zabuza.net, which I hope you've done because yes, uh, I have absolutely a lot of great people there, and uh, I think there's a lot of passionate people there, and uh, that's the way we need to start tackling this. I mean, you know, there are some schools that are disadvantaged, like you mentioned in your area, uh, they simply don't have the the funds or the access. Uh, maybe the education department, as you said, didn't get back to you yet. I'm hoping it's because they're busy with progressive stuff. 
um, and not because they just don't care. And uh, but how do we how do we go for it? I mean, if somebody's listening to this and they're going, Jenna, I feel your plight, and I and I worry about people that are are in your area in the Eastern Cape. How would we go about fixing this? You know, we because I'm very much about what can we do. We can't always rely on the powers that be and the authorities because historically they don't do terribly much. So it's about what we can do. So what can we do, Jenna? I think even just having conversations like this, like you said, if somebody's listening in and they've they've got some great ideas or they think, you know, okay, let let's see how we can help. Um, I think it's like you said, it's the passionate people. So. We're going to need to find people who are also passionate about it. The, the, the downside to everything digital is that there is a cost involved. So I would love to say I would do some fundraising and we'll get upgraded laptops for every you know underprivileged school in Port Elizabeth, but that's unrealistic. But we could start small and we could think, you know, maybe I get in touch with that one teacher who said to me he's been driving, you know, digital literacy and and going online at his school and and from the top down it just keeps it's just no, no. So maybe we could start with him. I could get get in touch and we say, what can we do? Is there fundraising we can do for this, you know? Mm. Um, other than that, I'm just thinking, I'm like you said, on we I could I would love to train teachers on a digital platform, but how do they get onto the platform that that is needed? You know, I would you know, I would love to do that. Go into schools and, you know, have a, a, a professional development session on some of the basics. But if they don't have the, the equipment needed, so maybe there are. Maybe there are some schools out there who they upgrade their computers every three years and they're looking to, you know, the other stuff is redundant, but we can still use it. Maybe that's a way as well. We could look to creating, I don't know, a, a platform for this, people wanting to donate old computers, laptops that still, you know, can run Google at least. Certainly. Not your granny's laptop from 70 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, certainly that that is a good idea. And I think Zabuza is is a platform for that. And maybe, um, you know, there's there's other teachers that, uh, that are on the platform um, or that can introduce you. Maybe there's teachers that are going to be listening to this uh, also from the Port Elizabeth area. And you guys can can get together and, and do something because – it is, you know, and, and I've long been an advocate of uh, data for education in this country should be zero rated. I've, I've long felt that, you know, oh, it, it's okay if you want to, if you want to charge me for watching Netflix or whatever, no problem. But if it's for education, it should be zero rated. And I think that's a battle a lot of people are having, and I don't know if we've gotten anywhere yet. Um, I believe that uh, Zabuza has been working on that as well. But uh, Jenny, if somebody wants to get hold of you and they want to find out from you what they can do, uh, how they can help, or maybe they've got some suggestions for you, what, where's the best place to do that? Um, so I'd say to, to email me, that would be great. Um, they can get hold of me on email, even on WhatsApp. Um, I'm, I'm very open to that. Send me a voice note and we can get in touch. Um, should I leave my details at the end or do you want me to give them now, David? Well, I think as, as we approach uh, wrapping up the end of this chat, I think let's let's give one point of contact, which I would say okay. probably email. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, they can surely look you, they can look you up on the zabuza.net platform as well. Yes, absolutely. Great. Okay. So what's your email address? Um, okay. It's Jenna, J-E-N-N-A dot Wade, W-A-D-E at Woodridge, W-O-O-D-R-I-D-G-E dot C-O dot Z-A. Okay, Jennifer dot Wade at Woodridge 
www.co.za. Not Jennifer, Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes, I was thinking, you know what I was doing? I was actually thinking my sister's name is Jennifer, and I was thinking Jennifer, 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 Jen, Jen, and there yeah, we go. Yeah. It happens. It happens at my age. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time out and chatting to us. Um, I do wish you all the best uh, with with uh, your your um, your presentation that you've done, your research, and I can sit, I can tell that you're a passionate person, and I hope you get in touch with more passionate people, and I hope we get to talk to you again uh, in the Thank not you. too distant future, and you can come back to us with some good news and say, yay, we have done this, uh, which I think will be brilliant. It's teachers like you uh, that uh, make change possible. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, David. I've loved this. Thank you so much. There we go. That was my special guest, Jenna Wade, uh, talking about the research she's done into the digital divide between those you have and have not, and also areas as well. Wraps it up for the education show to each and every one of you. Take care, look after yourselves, and thank you for listening. That was the education show. Simply learn. Join the conversation on zibuza.net. That's Z-I-B-U-Z-A.net.